Welcome to the Tales from the Crypt podcast. We are an actual play podcast featuring a revolving cast of players making our way through micro RPGs, highly narrative tabletop games, and the more popular and less known RPG systems from a wide variety of genres. Content may not be suitable for children, and content warnings can be found in the description. I'm Riley Groves, and I'll be your host, your guide, your GM on this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Previously on Tales from the Crypt. You guards, bring the prisoners over here. And the three of you are shuffled in front of this young king. Finally, it has taken long enough. Prisoners, it is your lucky day. For I have chosen to spare your lives in exchange for a favor. A woman, or a creature, or a thing, I'm not even sure. None of us are sure created a portal right here in this room. She walked out into the court with two beasts attached on chains. She loosed them both and they attacked this court and they killed several people and then they committed the gravest of sins against this court and against me. No. She stole my cat. You need to get my cat back. Okay. What color flame does your rapier burst into? Just a, like an unnaturally orange fire. You said you have friends sleeping. Are they like you? No, no, they need sleep. They're alive, people. Oh, so they have bodies. They do. Dude, you're not gonna take their bodies as something. Well, we're not gonna take them. In the crowd, you see there's a lot of normal looking folks but kind of sticking out from all of them is one lady that is perched atop a large caracal which is a extremely large cat and she's sitting in the crowd above everybody else enjoying the music hey compass yes do you know the route through the mountains to get to the archipelago rather than down the road do I know the route through the mountains? What do I look like? I'm a magic compass. Of course I know the route through the mountains. You think these guys can take the route through the mountains? She looks at the three of you. Yeah, they look like they're going to be fine. Hey guys, welcome back to our continuation of our quest story arc. Before we jump into it, let's get to know each other a little bit better using our pod deck interview deck. And our question for today is, if you could send a message to the entire world, what would you say in 30 seconds? This one seems pretty tough. This one is tough. I don't know if I could talk for 30 seconds, but pretty much just chill out, everybody. Let everybody live their lives. Stop killing everybody. That's it. That's it. Okay. Oh, I'm taking the fully opposite of oh what my you God. said. It would just say, everybody lose your fucking minds. <laughs> We're coming and you're doomed. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Derek starts the apocalypse. Yeah. Mine would definitely be 
closer to Rebecca's, and I don't think I could talk for very long. And I feel like if I could talk to everybody, like, attention spans are hard. So I would just be like, you know, kindness costs nothing, or like, you know, just be kind. I feel like be kind would be what I would say. If I could broadcast it, everyone's like, be kind. Yeah, hmm. I agree. How about you? I really don't know, uh, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Maybe just a you up text. Just like, <laughs> wait till midnight everywhere. ASL all. Yeah. <laughs> play more games. Even just play more. Or just like riot. Oh. <laughs> okay. See, there it is. Don't trust the government. Um, you know, something like that. I hope this is anonymous, at least. Oh, it definitely wouldn't have my name written underneath <laughs> yeah. it. That's for, that's for damn sure. Is this like a text that's sent to everybody? They just like hear it out loud? Because I guess that makes a difference. Yeah, I guess. Just send a message to everyone that says, your shoe's untied. Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> and then 25 seconds later, gotcha. Oh, that's the best. You get. You, you use the whole 30 seconds, but you know, most of it's just quietness. Thanks, <laughs> it's like those voicemails where you're like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Just kidding. I'm not here. Everybody loves those. But they're those the are, worst. Those are great. Do people still have voicemails? Yes. You, yes, they yeah, do. Yeah, definitely. You can still put, you can either just say your name or you can actually leave, what, a 15 second message or something like that. Something like that. But the trick is to call yourself and leave a bunch of voicemails until your voicemail box fills up. So then whenever someone tries to call you, no voicemail space. There's like, oh, oh man. Sorry, I didn't know you called. I didn't get the voicemail. It's great because it does the whole message. And then at the very end, you get that robotic voice that says, this person's mailbox isn't set up or this mailbox is full. Bye. And it hangs up on you. All right. So let's jump right back into it. Derek, why don't you give us the rundown of the last episode? All right. After being imprisoned for a brawl at the local tavern, the party would have found itself in jail looking at an unjust execution. The party was only spared by an attack on the throne room and the taking of the tyrant's beloved cat, Ripley. Now tasked with returning Ripley in return for their lives, our party sets forth. After being squeezed by squeezels and propositioned by ghosts, we find ourselves at an old fort. Greeted and helped by the Lady Sid and her great cat, Felix, we rest for the night and are ready to start out on our way once again. All right, awesome. And the way quest works in between sessions, you guys will regain three HP, even though you guys regained one at the end of last session for sleeping in the tavern. If you have any others, you can regain it. I think you all are probably at full health, though. And the other thing, you each gain an additional ability. Great. Which we probably should have tackled in the intermission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Lucin. Okay. And what does Lucin do? Uh, Lucin allows you to twirl your fingers uh, as if I was unwinding a spindle of yarn. And starting with a single creature nearby that I can see, I create a cascading wave of magical mischief that loosens anything fastened or tightened around nearby creatures. For example, bags become unclasped and spill out their contents, shoelaces become undone, belts untied, shirts untucked and belts unbuckled, pets become off-leashed and run wild. Anything that can be, you know undone in a like you know loosened kind of way all right awesome belts buckles ropes knots yeah belts buckles ropes knots clasps derek what are you taking for nerd i am taking rebuke you utter a righteous word or phrase in the direction of a nearby creature that is approaching you during the creature's turn the creature cannot already be within reach you release a spiritual clone of yourself that rushes them, knocking them back several meters, dealing one damage, and ends their turn. The clone is then dispersed. All right, and Rebecca, what ability is Skinny taking? Skinny's going to take Yop, roll the die, one AP, 
Once per scene, you may make a show of bravado to frighten nearby creatures. Any common folk nearby will seek shelter, run away, or attempt to appear non-threatening. On a 20, half of all minions flee the scene. On 11 through 19, one minion leaves the scene. 6 to 10, one, mil- one minion flees the scene unless their boss is present. 1 to 5, they laugh at you. Awesome. Okay. So also at the beginning of our session, you guys can gain back up to 5 AP if you have used any. Okay. And you guys wake up at the Cock and Crow Tavern. What has Skinny been doing all night? Uh, Skinny's just been wandering around the fort, maybe arguing with some people or fighting some people. Nothing crazy, nothing to put him in jail, but... Been up all night playing with his bones. Yeah. Okay. Right there, encouraging <laughs> fun. <Yep. laughs> Alright. Uh. Nert and Job, the two of you wake up in the morning, nice and rested. We'll say it's like 8 o'clock. Bones is nowhere around, but you make your way downstairs, and sitting at a table, he is just surrounded by empty mugs of ale, and there's just like a big puddle underneath him because it just runs right through him you're finally awake oh there you are are you boys ready to head out oh is there like a a piece of toast or just some bread i can eat before we head out eggs a rash or bacon well i am not the one to ask about food look on the ground there's just like a passed out person underneath it looks like they've just been drinking the the booze that's fallen through them (laughs) (laughs) seems like you had a fun night at least somebody (laughs) wised up to the fact that's just gonna go through (laughs) <laughs> well, that man had more fun than I did, but... <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. We're going to see if there's some food. Oh, yeah. No problem. There's, like, a loaf of bread left discarded on the, the bar top and a couple full bowls of this gruelish substance that you guys ate the night before. The bartender's gone at this point. She's no longer there. It's just pretty much uh, leftovers from the night before. Well, right, if you, we can split this bread, I'm not having any of that gruel, though. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. All right, Bones, we're ready. All right, let's head out. So we uh, head outside, and I pull my compass out. All right, compass, show us the way. And it orients its needle. You know, it's it's like the, uh, what's the pirate's name? Jack oh, Sparrow. Yeah. Jack, Jack Sparrow's, Sparrow's compass. compass. You know, not necessarily, but mm-hmm. now it's pointing in a different direction than it was the last time. And you guys set out. Unlike the days prior, you're more crossing over, like, plains and hilly grasslands and stuff like that. Pretty open expanse as you guys head towards a large mountain range that you've looked at a map. You know the mountain Mm -hmm. range kind of leads right to the archipelago, but there's a large crevice if you were to keep trying to go, which is why it would take you days longer to go directly towards where you can see it from at the village. And on your way, you guys see lodged partially in the ground a fairly large treasure chest. Oh my word, what's this? I jump down and go towards the treasure chest. That might be a trap. Oh, we should uh, take a look at that before trying to just rip the top off. I take like two steps back after just almost touching the treasure chest. Should we poke it with something then? Well, maybe a very long something, like a branch. Although I'm ready to just fight it, whatever it is. All right, well then why don't you just go try and open it? Or give it a tug. All right. Or poke it with your sword. (laughs) This ain't the smart thing to do, but I'm going to do it because I like to fight. Okay. You head over. The treasure chest is locked. Like, nothing happens when you touch it. It remains the same inanimate object as it was before. Well, it doesn't seem to be doing anything. What do you boys think? You know how to pick locks? Well, I guess I have this handy-dandy haversack. We also probably got it raised out of the ground. Is it still, like, 
only partially available, like viewable? Or did one tug just pull it up out of the little bit of dirt it was in? It, it wouldn't take too much effort to pull it up. It's not like he yeah, got take down. We should anything. muscle it out. Okay, yeah, let's pull it out and then reach our hand in the sack and pull out something big. Some to, is there a lock, like a lock on it, or is it like the lock mechanism is in the chest? It's like a standard chest, like the, the lock's on the front. Well, let's heave-ho it out, boys. We heave-ho it out. And then you reach into the haversack and grab out a pry bar? Yeah, yeah, a pearl bar should work. Okay. Who wants to try first? I'll give it a go. All right, roll a d20. I'm going to lodge the pry bar right underneath the locking mechanism and just give it a go. 13. A 13 is a success. You muscle this pry bar in there, and you're giving it all, all you got. And you hear a satisfying click as you bust the internal mechanism of the lock and the latch releases it pops open and staring back at you is a black and purple jawed flower roll a d20 for me oh geez 16 the jaws of this flower open widely and suddenly several long thorns come shooting out of its mouth and they hit you directly, you're going to take five points of damage as these darts come out and pierce your skin pretty fiercely before some of its vines reach up to the top of the treasure chest and slam it closed. Ugh! Oh my god, guys. There's nothing good in there. We, I'm, I'm not doing great. Did what? you guys see that? What the hell just happened? Something in there looked like a flower, and it shot me with these thorns that I, like, pull one out and show them. Would I know what they are? I mean, probably. Oh, those flowers, those are lock lilies. Some call them heather lock lilies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that thing messed me up pretty good. I'm I'm done messing with that. If you guys want to give it a go, you can. But I'm going to sit over here, away from that. It doesn't seem like it's trying to come after us, from what I can tell, though it locked itself in there pretty tightly. Well, what do you think, Nut? I walk over and take a, take a good look at him and look him up and down and then slyly... Stab him in the arm with a health dart. <laughs> ah! Oh, well, thank you. I think you needed that. I feel a little better. And with the health dart, you recover four HP. Well, let me have a look at this bad boy. And I'm going to use my size-up ability. Okay. Lock lilies are magic flower creatures with an affinity for boxes and chests and other crafted containers. Like hermit crabs, these plants use their roots to travel in search of containers to claim. They treat their containers as their castles, and they fiercely defend them from intruders. Being an adventurer, you know that lock lilies are capable of creating a wide variety of traps, from poison darts to poison gases to literally just exploding and then becoming a bunch of spores once again. Well, gentlemen, I believe we should leave this box alone. It is minding its own business. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all on board with that. It was not friendly. So it's a trap. It Well, it is a trap in and of its existence. It's just a creature that is a trap. But it, it just lives there. Should we put it back in the ground? I'm going to reiterate. <laughs> I'm not touching that thing again. Yeah, let's just head on out. Should I light it on fire, though? I don't have to touch it for that. Oh, it's not hurting nothing. <laughs> I know, yeah. Let, let, let's go. And you guys continue away from the, the lock, Lily. Following the compass to the mountain pass, you guys come to a large carved opening into the side of one of these mountains. The entrance, at least in the first leg of this cave, is actual carved stone rather than just a natural formation. All right, I guess this is the way. I'll follow you. And I'll follow him. All right, I'm going to make the little 
floor torches again. It gets a little dark in there. It's gonna slowly walk on, shooting bright white torches on the ground, scintillating ball. As you guys make your way through the caverns, on the cave ceilings, you begin to hear a skittering. And as you look up, several small scorpion-like creatures begin to fall, landing on your backs, on your arms. Are you guys still on your dogs? If they could fit, definitely. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave you on them for for now. And uh, suddenly, on all of you guys, you have these large scorpion-like creature bug things running up and down your back, trying to get into your ears and anywhere they can to get into your body. As you continue to swing and try to try to get them off of you, I guess, Skinny, they wouldn't actually be trying to get into you. <laughs> They're a bit confused. They're a bit confused. They quickly fall off Skinny and run towards the two more fleshy people, and you are surrounded by six of these little creatures. And I'm going to cast shield on myself immediately. Okay, and what does shield do? All right, shield is a ward. Shield, you summon a magical shield that appears as an aurora of soft light around your body. The shield blocks up to three hit points of damage. Any damage dealt in excess of three passes through the shield and hits you. The shield lasts until it takes three or more damage. Awesome. Okay, uh, let's roll for initiative. It's not really a thing in this game, but... Do I have to? I mean, unless you don't want to fight, but... I do. I thought Skinny wanted to fight. Eleven. Thirteen. Ten. Joe, what um, are you going to do? Okay, I'm going to just... uh shoot a scintillate at one of the scorpions. Just like, ah, get out of here. Scintillate. For a six. Does scintillate do damage? It can do up to two HP damage. Oh, right on. That would be cool. Six is a tough choice. So you do hit one. However, you open yourself up to attack from another one that's going to run up and bite you in the back of your calf before trying to use its six arms to like climb up closer towards your head. Ah! We'll just go clockwise now. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I am just going to draw my bow and take a shot at one of them. Actually, no, they're pretty close. I'm going to use my sword and try and stab at the one that's closest to me. 16. Oh, yeah, 16 is a success. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to go right towards whatever one's closest towards me and just try and stab it right through the top of it and try and pin it to the ground. All right, pinned it is. Still alive, but pinned. Skinny? These are just regular-sized scorpions, like we would have? No, they're bigger than that. They're scorpion-like. They're okay. quite large. Like a cat Little size. parasites. All right. Oh, I can't wait to kill these little bastards. And I'm going to swing around with my bastard sword and try to slice one right in half. Fourteen. Fourteen's a success. Do you hit a different one than Derek did? Do you hit a brand new one? Are you aiming yeah, for anyone I'll... in particular? I will slice down the one in half that Nert has pinned. Okay. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. Okay. Nert, suddenly from behind one of these parasites, jumps up. You're wearing robes? Yeah. It's like trying to burrow its way through a little opening in your robe, and as it does, it bites into the flesh right around your rib cage. And you take one damage. Uh, well, your shield depletes by one. Okay. Okay. And we're back to Joe. Does the shield deplete after three HP, or does it have to take three it HP take damage in one attack? Yeah, it has to take three or more in one attack. No, it's once it takes three, it disappears. So it's three overall. Okay, so then it's my turn, and it I'm is. going to shoot a scintillate at another scorpion. Okay. 
And that was a three. Oh, yeah. Three's not good. Nope. Nope. So, let's see. You got bit in the leg by one of these already. Yes. Another one climbs up on one of the walls and jumps off and is, like, biting you right in your neck. Actually, its legs dig into your arm as it ah. makes its way up, trying to burrow its way into your ear. You take one HP from that, and you your scintillate, like, misses wildly. You just spray sparks or whatever right up into the room, making the chamber nice and bright for everybody <laughs> to see all the uh, terrible little parasites. Nerd, what are you doing? Wait, how many do I see after his shot goes up in the air? There are still five. Okay. Two of which are on Job. One of which is on you. I'm... So there's only two others. <laughs> going to do everything I can to get that thing off of my back. Okay. Out of my robes. If I can grab it and throw it, or if I can... Yeah, just I guess that'd be like an unarmed attack, right? All right, yeah. I'm going to grab it and throw it at the ground if I can. 18. Yeah, 18, 18 works. So I grab a hold of it, toss it off to the side. And as you do, it was one of the ones that was already partially damaged. And as you toss it off, it lets out this like gross crunching as its, as its exoskeleton like collapses oh. in on itself. And it oozes. The walls ooze green slime. Skinny. Uh, where are they? There's two on Job? There are two on Job. And, and there are two more. Running around, just yeah. scurrying about? Yep. One of which is scorched a little bit. All right, I'm going to spin around super gracefully and try to slice one right off Job. All right. With my big sword. I have rolled a two. You don't have anything that could, like, make that better? I can if we go back and change it to a... (laughs) I punched it off Job. (laughs) Okay. Okay, you do hit one of these creatures. However, your sword continues to swing through and also hits Job. So you're going to do one damage to one of these things. However, you're also going to do one damage to Job. How are you looking anyways? I've got seven health. Okay, not bad. I'm doing okay. Oh, sorry, Job. Uh, it, it happens. Just try to be a little more careful next time. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't usually miss. It's all right. I've been shooting fireballs all over the room, so. And Job, what are you doing now? Um, I am going to use one AP and cast Splitting Image and vanish momentarily so the scorpions get off of me and then reappear with two duplicates on either side of me that move in unison with me. Oh shit, that's fucking cool. Alright, yeah, you do so. The one that was on, like, headed towards your ear trying to Mm -hmm. burrow its way in falls to the ground. Looking, like, pretty confused about what's going on. The one that was biting you, like, just continues to bite at the air. And now you're several feet away, and there are more than one of you. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Nert? I am going to uh, try and pin another one of these things to the ground. That's a five. Fives aren't good? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're not. On a five, you stab your sword down trying to pin one of these things in, and you fucking break your sword into two pieces. It's pretty cleanly broken. You could still, like, slash with it, but, but there's yeah. no more real stabbing. Skinny. I'm going to start just stomping around and just try to stomp on these little bastards. I rolled a 10, but I'm going to spend an AP to upgrade that to a success. Okay. So, on a success, you stomp, and one catches your eyes more than any others, and that's the one that's been already burnt. 
by Job's scintillate when you first got into this particular entanglement, and you stomp on it and stomp its little parasitic body out of life, and it squishes underneath your bony heel. And as that happens, and now half of the parasites have been killed by you guys, the other three skitter away from this chamber and back up the walls and up the ceiling. And Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's you good. go on. Get. Get, you little critters. Those things are gross. Two of them got me. And I'm not feeling great. Who are your friends? Sorry I sliced you a little. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, these guys? They're just, you know, my decoys. That is a fancy trick you have got there. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Well, that was quite the attack. Shall we press on? Absolutely. They made a satisfying squunch noise when you were stomping on them. That was pretty... Yes, I did enjoy that. It was, was nice. Better than the squeezel stomping. Mm-hmm. Sometime you should try stomping some eels. I would love to try stomping some eels. That sounds squishy and exciting. I've heard stories that it is exciting. Some places have whole holidays about them. Oh, well, I, I shall try to visit one of those places. That sounds right up my alley. It does. The wild stories you hear in the in the city. I'd never spent time in the city. I just spent that one night in jail with with you guys. Oh, that's it was your first time. It's not a very good representation of city life. Usually, you don't get into the jail until you've been there for a few days. Jail didn't feel much different than home. Most of the stuff there is made out of stone. And where do you come from? I come from a temple of the Guardian. It's up in the in the mountains. Oh, I have it's heard just, of that place. Just stone, wood, a little bit of metal. Not much anything else. Everything's pretty hard and cold. <laughs> the inn was nice. Yeah, you seemed like you had a good time. There was lots of empty mugs around. Yeah, beds were comfortable and warm. And food was hot. That was an exceptionally nice little fort we were in. Hmm. Were you born in the Temple of the Guardian, or did you get, like, dropped off there? Born there. So you're similar to me. You, you know, how long have you been traveling outside of the temple? Yesterday. Okay, so, you know, <laughs> you left your temple, I left the city. We got a lot of common over here. Yeah, things kind of spiraled out of control real fast. And now we're in this cave. We are in a cave? This is only the second cave I've ever been in, guys. Hmm. <laughs> I've been in many caves in my day. Well, out of the two that I've been in, this one is the worst. <laughs> yes. By far. The other one was full of, you know, as you guys remember. Treasure. 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 <laughs> yes. Treasure and mystical animals. And that was much nicer than these horrific creatures. It was. These ones were not as friendly. No. They like to bite and try and burrow themselves into you. But oh. they were fun to squish. They were very fun to squish. Probably not as tasty as, uh, as the ones in the other cave. I would assume. No, these ones seemed very gooey. Yes. Very gooey and not a texture I like. Yeah, that's why we skipped breakfast. (laughs) Whatever was left in those bowls didn't look appetizing. I don't know if it was cooked or if that, you know, came out of someone. It was... Gray? Yes. And lumpy. Well, then I am grateful I did not have an appetite. And speaking of appetites, as you guys continue walking down through this cave system, eventually it stops being a carved tunnel and opens up into uh, natural pathways. However, strangely, you guys see a small figure making its way towards you. It's like walking like a little proud puppy, and it kind of looks like that, too, but it also looks a bit like a cake. A cake? A puppy cake? It looks doughy. 
Mm. It looks like a pastry. It's got pastry-ish features, but also puppy-ish features. It's not making any noise out of its mouth or anything. It's just walking its way right towards you guys. Well, that is a strange creature. Just gonna step off to the side and see if it walks past. If you move out of its way, it just continues walking up the tunnel. Picking one foot way up in front of the other. <laughs> kind of like marching through. I'm gonna use my magical tricks to make it feel like someone's tapping it on the side of it that it's not facing. Okay. Watch this, guys. I like move my hands around and then like make a tapping gesture with my one finger. You can see its body like squish like a pastry would, and it causes its attention to turn and it starts walking backwards down the tunnel where it came, like the same way, but not like giving any special attention to to you or anything else. That is a very peculiar creature, guys. I say we follow it. I mean it's that's the way we're going. So Why not? Yeah. Okay. And you guys um set off following this little pastry puppy <laughs> down the tunnel it just happens it like it goes in a straight line wherever wherever the tunnel leads so does it and uh you check your compass now and then it, it continues to to tell you to follow the path but following the puppy you do make your way out of the more narrow portion and the cave it opens up into a, a larger chamber that is really quite dark i mean your scintillate is the only thing that's actually keeping any light in this place and as you enter this chamber you hear flapping of large wings the little puppy pastry like walks out of the glow of your your light and Mm -hmm. into this chamber um i'm gonna just like kind of shoot a scintillate in an up and arcing motion in front of me like a flare yeah it's a good choice so as you light up this chamber, you see that there are two quite large insects. One of them, as the light lights up the entire chamber, swoops down and eats the puppy off the floor. While the other one... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Guys, it's okay. It's no, not it's okay. Funny. That was so mean and sad. Well. And as the one swoops down and eats this puppy the other one comes towards you and your guys' dogs upon seeing a puppy like creature get eaten take off leading you into this this chamber oh, and God. they begin to buck and you know try to knock you off as they're pretty terrified and suddenly you are trapped in this dark fucking cave with two of these giant insects flying around i guess roll for initiative again crap <laughs> 20 12. 20. You guys both got 20? Yep. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is going to be a good battle. Do you guys have preference on which one of you goes first? If she's raining, I can go yeah, first if you'd like. Yeah, perfect. I am going to use Fiery Avenger on the Sure Shot bow and shoot at the last place I saw one of these insects things. Roll a d20 to attack. Four. Well, a four is a miss. Right? So that does put Fiery Avenger out. Yep. Almost immediately. So yep. that's that's one thing. The other thing, your arrow goes screeching through the dark and you know, without being able to see where these things are, 
pretty constantly, you miss pretty good. And one of them comes swooping down, its mandibles clacking as it comes closer, and it pierces you right in the hips, dragging you down to the ground, doing two damage, and flying back up into the sky. It didn't take me with it, did it? No, 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 okay. no you're still on the ground. Okay. The fact that he was using the sure shot bow didn't, like... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I forgot he was using yeah, the sure shot bow. Yeah, I forgot about that, too. What's the... The sure shot bow turns that into a tough choice rather than a complete, complete mess. Um, so that's cool, actually. So you do do damage. So disregard everything you heard, dear listeners. So, on a five with the short shot bow, it upgrades a failure into to a, a tough choice. Tough choice yeah. So you do hit, doing two damage to one of these creatures. However, it does counterattack, and what you can either take half damage or get picked up and flown around. So just take it one damage. Yeah. I'll take the one damage okay. and stay on the ground. I was worried that he took me off the ground. Okay. Skinny. Are they still flying around? Is the one attacking him still? Fire Avenger stayed on, correct? Yeah, because it didn't fail. So, so is that arrow sticking out of him? Yeah, actually it would be. Okay, yeah, that's, so you that's could what see, I was hoping for. Yeah, you could see the one that Nert just shot with his Fiery Avenger is still flying, but like... They're not flying crazy. They're not just staying in the sky. Like, they're swooping around. All right. When that one swoops down, I'm going to wild attack. I attack wildly, disregarding my safety. And I rolled a 15, which means I do double damage. All right. Tell me how you kill this thing. I'm going to run at it, and I'm going to leap into the air with the sword above my head and slice down and slice it in half. Oh, shit. As you slice it in half and it hits the ground, four of those little parasites leap out of its body and begin to skitter around the floor. Disgusting. Gross. Ah, these things again. That was the one that had the flaming arrow in it? Yes. Two of those little skittering bastards come right for you, and they're gonna. one's going to leap up on you, one's going to attack you low, and... They're both going to bite into your fleshy parts, where you, well, you don't have fleshy parts, bite into your bones, which you do feel, and you're going to take two HP damage overall. Wow, damn it, that hurt. As they, they like, sink their mandibles into you, but they don't, like, hold like they did on the other two, trying to burrow in, because there's nothing to burrow in. So this is purely an attacking move for them. The other bug comes flying down, giant mandibles gnashing together, and it's going to come right for you, Nert. Rebuke. Ooh, good move. Okay. And if it's in the air, I want my clone to come out, fly at him like Superman with the, with his fist out. Nice. You knock him back, and you knock him onto the ground without doing one damage. All right. He's on the ground now. He is on the ground. And Rebuke's not your turn, right? No, it's a, it's a bonus action for okay. a reaction. Did you go? No, it's your turn. Okay, so... It's your turn before it's Nerd's turn again. But he did knock it down, so... Um, so then I hear this thing hit the ground, and I'm going to swiftly turn and send a scintillate little fire right at it. 16. Nice. What's it look like? Um, it's the same kind of, you know, bright white phosphorus kind of burning ball that I've been using to light up our path, but it also is trailed by a bunch of little sparks, and it explodes on impact. Oh, shit. Doing a good amount of damage to it. And Nert, back to you. I'm going to draw another uh, arrow in my sure shot and 
take a shot at this thing now that it's been lit up again. 18. Dice is going well tonight. That is a well-rolled dice. Yeah, you shoot an arrow into it, and it causes its exoskeleton to, like, burst open. And as it does, four of those little parasites from before jump out of it and begin skittering around to the ground, coming at you guys again. Skinny, your turn. I still have my splitting image decoys active. Okay. So when I'm targeted, you got to flip a, a D2. I have to flip a D2? To decide if the attack hits me or one of the... What the fuck is a D2? A coin? A coin. Oh. <laughs> Don't you have the coin with the one and the 20 on it? I do. <laughs> okay, Skinny, what are you doing? Can I still see... Oh, no, I killed that one. Is the other bug still alive? No, both big bugs are dead. It's just eight parasites in here now. Oh, well, then I'm just going to run around and I'm going to stomp on as many as I can like it's whack-a-mole. Seven. Uh, seven, but I will spend the AP. I spend one AP to make it a success. Okay. And your one-armed strikes, or unarmed strikes, do two. two damage. Okay. So you stomp on one of these parasites. Presumably one of the ones that just bit you. Yeah, definitely. I ripped that one out from my rib cage and threw it on the ground and stomped on him. The one that you rip out of your rib cage no longer can bite you. However, the one that was biting you in the leg gnashes into you again, doing another damage. However, you do toss the one aside. I stomped on the one. You stomped on the one. Yeah. Right. So you stomped on the one, doing some good damage to that one. However, the other one still bites you. Did he roll a 10 or worse? No, he did not. Sorry. Okay. Around Nert and Job, four of these parasites have you guys in mind. And two of them jump on you, Nert. One of them landing a critical hit as it bites the back of your neck, doing two damage. And the other one wraps itself around your thigh with its tail. It's scorpion-like tail, like, holding it there and its mandibles dig into a nice meaty chunk of your upper thigh, doing one. So that should only be three. Right on. Yep. Cool. And, Jope, it is your turn. Okay. I am going to... uh, There are still ones on the floor near me. Not all of them are on... Yes, there there are still some on the floor. Yeah, so I'm going to target one of the ones on the floor with a scintillate and send another fiery, exploding little ball at it for a 12. You burn another one. It lets out this little, like, insectoid shriek, which is kind of gross. But it skitters away from you. Like, it's it not coming at you anymore. So that's that's pretty swell. That is a plus. Nerd? After being uh, just dug into by these things, I'm going to um, draw my dagger and stab at the one that uh, that stabbed me. That bit me in the leg that's wrapped itself around me. Eleven. Yeah, cool. So you stab one. Managing to miss your own leg, own leg, which is surprising to say the least. It does like unwrap its tail and, and hit the floor on its back, and then it leaps to its little skittery feet and uh, takes off trying to run around the rest of the room. Skinny. Skinny's just gonna keep on stomping for a 20. Do you stomp on one of the same ones that you did or a different one? Yeah, the same one that I was stomping before. And this time, once again, you feel that good, satisfying crunch right under your big bony heel as it dies. So now there are only seven. Only seven. If you roll a 20 on a basic attack, you enter a state of intense focus. After 
the initial attack, you may make one basic attack on each enemy within reach. These attacks are automatically successful. Oh, shit. Is that focus? Flow. Flow. Okay. That's an awesome one. And it only costs one AP. So, in your flow, right? Mm-hmm. You go into this, like, almost trance-like rage, and you just begin hitting all s- remaining seven of these things. You kill two more of them. Like, you pick them up and do that crazy thing where, like, in the movies where they smash two things together and they die, even though, like, running into another person doesn't kill you. But it does this time, and you smash them together, and they die, and you hit all other ones. They're all looking pretty fucked up. I hate these little bastards. Boys, you should get in on this. <laughs> you look like you're having a grand old time. Call it beetle squashing. Three of the ones that you just hit are coming back to attack you. Two of them are successful. One of them bites you in your bony shin and the other in your shoulder. Another one does miss with a two. Well, then I will counterattack that one. If they roll a five or worse, you may attack them immediately. Counterattack is not a turn. Okay, roll for an attack. Five. Five doesn't hit. So nothing bad happens. You just don't get any counterattack. However, you do take two damage from these other two that are biting you. The other two are going to target you two. And one of them is going to jump up, like, right into your belly. And, like, try to bite its way into your belly button, Job. And you're going to take one damage. Oh, my God. And the other one's just going to, like, limply jump at you. It seems like its legs got fucked up in, in the encounter. It's not, like, doing much. And that is the classic Parasite's turns, and it is Job's turn. I'm going to grab the one that's trying to burrow into my stomach and just create a scintillate rate in my hand as I pull it off and just create a fireball within you know, my hand with this thing, the Parasite in it. That's fucking intense. Twelve. Twelve is the success. And it, like, bursts into a weird green gooey fire. It, like, it smells fucking terrible. <laughs> but it lets out a shriek as it melts, leaving only four damaged parasites. And when you burn this other one, the remaining four take off out of this chamber, leaving you guys with a with a clear pathway. I think they don't like this smell even more than me. And this chamber is cleared. How's everybody looking for health? Uh, I'm okay. I got six. Me too. Did that last one hit me, or was it just jumping at me? It was just jumping at me. Okay. Yeah. Eight. Oh, you guys aren't too bad, then. No. Cool. This chamber is clear. Well, let's head on. This is a terrible place to be. Yeah, the sooner we can get out of here, the better. Sounds good to me. We, we're following that thing, but I guess we got to make our own path now. Yeah, just I guess ate got, them. Yeah. But we still have the compass telling us we're going the right way, at least. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the puppy getting eaten? I mean, if I had just let him keep going past us, he probably wouldn't have gotten eaten. But I'm going to not think about that too much. Yeah, that was sad. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. It did alert us to those two huge insect things, though. Yes. So yeah, your, your jaw it wasn't in dropped. vain. Hmm? Your jaw kind of dropped. Yeah, I was not expecting that to uh, swoop down and take that cute little pastry pup. Looking at the compass again, you follow it in the light of your scintillate down through this cavern. And eventually, you guys come to the other side. You can see daylight coming through the end of, of the tunnel. And you can feel the wind rushing from behind you and out this cave, and the air smells super nice. All right, I imagine that I'm still in the front, looking at the compass, making my way out. All right, guys, let's just do this last little hole here, and we'll be out. 
I can see the light. And the Ar- archipelago is not more than a couple hours walk from you at this point. It's it's really pretty close. There's some light woods between you and it, but other than that, pretty fair, pretty easy trip. Excellent. It looks like we can make it there soon. See it off in the distance. We've almost made it. Yeah. You continue on to the archipelago. It is a fairly large city. Um, There's people coming in and out of it. It's fairly dusty. It's not quite as nice as Exilion was. Um, It's got one kind of large central tower that kind of spirals up. It's got very nice architecture. And it's a pretty busy place. As you're walking down the street, you see a very large man. And he's wearing a helmet. He's carrying a huge hammer and a chain in his other hand. And he grabs a commoner, pushing him against the wall. You, sir, you are found guilty of the crime of shoplifting. The penalty? Death. And he sets the guy down, taking his hammer, and smashes him down into little bitty pieces, killing this man in front of all of you. And, like, the general populace isn't, like, super affected. Like, they give the guy wide berth, but no one's, like, screaming and running away. There is something wrong with this town. That was terrifying. That was horribly graphic in a public area. What did that man steal? Did he even get a trial? I don't think that at all matters. I think they accused him of stealing, and they exacted their punishment. Right. Why didn't anyone else care? I get the feeling they do this a lot. Well, we should be careful here, then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely no stealing. No thieving. Let's uh, just get to where we're trying to get to. Let's go a direction that's not towards that guy. Yes, I would agree. Let's go find a tavern and see if anybody knows where we're supposed to find the envoy. Or where we can find the envoy. I agree. Mm-hmm. Probably a bar. Tavern in something. Let's just run down this alley here that is away from this head-smashing gentleman. Okay. <laughs> okay, it doesn't take you guys long to find a uh, a tavern in this city. It's a, it's a pretty good-sized city, so there's multiples of them, and you guys find a little hole in the wall as you scoot down this little alleyway away from the giant man mashing guy all right well here's a tavern let's uh let's go inside and just get a drink and see if we can find any information about the envoy yeah yep i'm ready to wet my whistle i'm gonna walk up to the the bar Mm. three drinks Mm, mm, mm. and the guy turns around grabbing three mugs filling them with ale and setting them on the table well thank you thank Mm. you kindly Mm mm-hmm this guy's really chatty. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put money down for three drinks and then go find a table to sit at so we can get a look at the room. He, he points over to the an empty table in the corner. Thank you kindly. Thank, thank you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I grab my drink and head over to the table that he pointed at. Is it just a different language that we don't understand? I have no idea. Maybe he just don't talk. I'm going with that. I don't know why he wanted us to sit here, though. Is he like an orc or something? Or yeah, okay. he is. <laughs> okay, he's a he's a a pretty squat orc, really kind of wide. Looks pretty dirty. He's got like a dirty apron on. Like he's just a uh, mean mugging everybody that comes in. Does everyone in this city look scary and mean? No, the general populace doesn't. Okay, just everybody you guys. Just everybody. Just everyone everybody in the back wonderful. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, how do you suspect we find this envoy? I was going to talk to the bartender, but oh, doesn't look like that's going to go very well. Yeah, I don't think he'll tell you much. No, not at all. 
What do you think, Job? I don't know. I'd say we could look around, but we didn't really get much of a description, just that he's a creature not of this place. So, I mean, if we see anyone who looks really bizarre, it can be some hint, but we're going to have to try and just ask someone. Yeah. Is there a... Do we see any other patrons that don't look like they'll stab us? It's about dusk. Remember, dusk is like super long. long. Yes, (laughs) dusk is very long. So yeah, there are some other people in this little tavern with you. Pardon me, my good sir, as I reach over to the neighboring table. How are you fine folks doing tonight? Eh, could be a bit better. Was it just me or did that bartender talk your guy's ear off too? Oh, Gruntsley? Yeah, is yeah. that his name? Yeah, his name's Gruntsley. Gruntsley, all right. It's all coming together now. I think it's a family name. Oh. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, good good guy. We've had lots of good, deep conversations with him. Oh. Well, that's surprising to me. Mm. You seem like some knowledgeable folks. We're here uh, with a particular vision in mind. We're, we're looking for someone known as the Envoy. You, does this name the mean anything Envoy. to you? The Envoy. Ah. Uh. That's his whole... That's a weird name. Yeah. That's his whole name, eh? Uh, did you try the archipelago itself? Most weird people live in there. Or stay in there. Or are in there. I oh. thought this was the archipelago. Well, the whole city is called the archipelago. Because it's built around that tower. You probably saw it. It looked like a Norwal horn or something. Up in the middle of the city. I, did you miss I, that? I did not see that. You didn't see it. Well, I'm it's a skeleton. Very, oh. My eyes aren't so good. Oh. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on with you. Oh, well, I am who I am. That's deep. Did you tell that to Gruntsley? He'd <laughs> like to have a conversation like that. Uh, yes, perhaps I will try to talk to him. Yeah. Anyways, you should try there. That should be a good stop for you. That's some good advice. I think we were a little distracted didn't see the tower when we got here because there was a, a large man squishing heads. Is that a, a common occurrence in the city? I mean, he said that the man was a shoplifter, but... Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of, a, kind of a sore subject around here. That's not really an official part of the government or how we do things. That guy's just kind of uh, operating on his own accord, it seems, but nobody wants to try to stop him. Do you see the size of the hammer he's got? <laughs> He is a pretty big guy. The hammer was quite large. Yeah, it's disturbingly large. That was terrifying. So we all just we just go around him and try not to commit really arbitrary crimes. Well, he's not a real official. I don't know who sent him, but we never had. He just showed up one day. So if he was to be murdered, you wouldn't uh, object. I mean, I don't object to most people getting murdered unless I know them. Uh. Him, I have, I have no love for that guy. So if you killed him, I don't know. Maybe another one shows up and kills you. I don't know how it works. Or you who... think the town would be better off? Well, he is only killing criminals. Well, shoplifting so... isn't really, you know, an executionable offense. In that guy's mind, it is. Well, that's not really how things should work. Not Pro- that I'm, probably not. I don't live I don't here. Know. Maybe he stole bread for his family. Or maybe he stole some jewels. Does he act alone? He's, he's not a part of, like, a group? It's just this guy? It only seems to be that guy. I mean, I, I don't follow him around. He just, like, walks around and then finds people and accuses them of crimes. I guess there's no way of knowing if he actually knows if they committed the crime or not. Uh, I, just, I just, I don't go near him, you know? I stay in here. I go home. 
I go to another tavern, and I just I just don't commit the crimes. Have and you seen him, you know, demolish these people with his hammer? Oh, I've seen it like three times. He just straight down. It's have, it's heavily disturbing. It, it was quite disturbing. Have you seen any of those three people commit any crimes? No. Okay. All right. This is good information. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we should avoid this guy. Yeah, like <laughs> I said, though, he hasn't smushed anybody that I... I would know or love at the moment. Maybe if he does, then I'll know if they committed a crime. It's a good point. Well, I hope yeah. that you don't find out. <laughs> I hope I don't find out either. So I make sure to tip my 20% when I'm paying for things. I don't... All good karma is all I need. What do you pay him for? Who? No, not the not the smusher guy. I pay the bartender. I tip everybody now. I'm just... <laughs> I'm giving... I'm being extra generous, you know? Oh, that's good. I think we should... Did you do that? We should have done that. We'll make sure. Yeah. yeah you never know. Tip. If you guys walk out and I see the three get smushed, I'm going to know tipping's the right thing to do. Well, tipping's always the right thing to do. Yeah. Sure. I know that now. Because I ain't got smushed. That's a, a good rule to live by. If you, know, if you do something and you don't get smushed, it must be the right thing to do. You know what? That's a good mantra. I'm going to change my mantra. And he like takes out a little notebook and he like scribbles out. What was your previous mantra? Don't get smushed. Oh, well, that <laughs> now, is also this, a good this one. This one just expands upon that. So I know I'm forming a better plan on how to stay unsmushed. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right. Well, it was nice talking with you, sir. Yeah, you too. I've uh, finished my drink. Guys, should we go um, grab another? Yeah. Or explore the city more and try not to get smushed. Let's go grab another and make sure we tip this time. <laughs> I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, have you guys committed any crimes that I should know about? No. No. That way, no. I, can, that way I can watch out to see if you guys get smushed you don't seem to be around here from so maybe i thought an experiment one of you want to commit a crime and then we can see if it gets smushed automatically and if the other two don't get smushed well no i just want to fight this man Is, if i'm being oh, honest oh my god why would anybody want to do that uh, are there are there any crimes that we should be watching out for in particular that might be a little shoplifting. Un- unique shoplifting watch out for that one seems to be a big one we um, noticed we noticed that one do you have anything in your pocket? I Are you going to pick it? I will let you pick my pocket if we can see if it gets you smushed. But if you let me pick your pocket, does that make it a crime? I'm going to, when you say, can I pick your pocket, sir, I'm going to say no. And I don't know. Maybe that's an experiment we need to do, too. I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. All right. Well, whatever you got in your pocket, it's in mine now. Did you even see that? I didn't even see it. I only got one pocket. It's in the front. Um, oh, my. <laughs> do you actually pick this guy's pocket? Yep. Okay. Should I roll? <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> I mean, he's letting you do it, so. Yeah, roll for it anyways. I got a 10. A 10? Ooh, a 10 is a tough choice. Okay, well, that's cool. There goes my whole bag of shinies. Uh, how does this work? Do you keep them now? I think that's how it works. I for science. For science. I have no more money to tip now, though. Uh, I gotta get out of here, then. Alright, you gentle folks, have a good day. You too. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll let you know how the science goes. Thank you. Thanks again for the good advice. <laughs> Anytime. Hope to see you around someday. <laughs> and not smushed into the gutter. Bye. What was your name again? Glork. <laughs> Why was his name? Not Glork. <laughs> Edward. I wrote Glork. <laughs> My buddies call me Glork. <laughs> I like Glork.
I'm going with Glork. All right, my name's Glork. Have a good day. Yeah, have a good have a good one. And he uh, gets up and leaves out the door. And his friends are like sitting at the table, just looking at each other. And then they just kind of like shrug and go back to drinking. Just, just wave at them, and on on our way up to the bar to get another uh, get another round. And we just tip the bag of shinies. Right, that goes right to the bartender. Right on. A whole <laughs> bag of shinies gone. All right. You go, mmm. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this would be weird. Like, do we get? Do I get smushed for pickpocketing or not smushed for giving the guy the... Well, maybe they balance out. I think I got a plan for that. So are I we going to so. fight this man? I don't think that should be our intention. Let's no, we should go to this spire tower thing and... Oh, right. See what but if we come across this man and he's killing more people, man, I'm killing him. I'm blaming everything on Glork, and we're heading away. Well, I'm gonna kill him. I mean, I'm I'm not against combat if it comes to that, but I'm not on the path to we combat. We can come with back the, to that. All right, large all right. Man crushing. As long as we can come back to it, we can come back to that. All right. Vigilantes are, you know, we have an experiment that needs to play out. I suppose. Does Job get his head? crushed or does glork get his head crushed which one actually committed a crime what crime did glork commit falsely reporting a crime because he allowed him to take stuff out of his pocket it depends how bloodthirsty this man is i suppose i mean maybe both it could be both i feel like if if anything if glork goes and tries to tell him i picked his pocket he's gonna get smashed and just tell him that he picked your pocket and tell him he didn't have any money to tip didn't especially not after he had his pocket picked yeah I don't know what's happening. Anyways, we're having a, a useless conversation on our way to the spire. Okay, you guys are on your way to the spire. Mm. Yes. Okay, it's very obvious where it is. Like it's right in the middle of the city, and it's super huge. Um, it's got a lot of tr- doors and traffic going in and out of it. Does any of the entrances say anything? They say entrance. Just didn't know if they had. Are they guarded? Specific entrances. No, there there are no like guards posted outside. So we'll just pick an entrance and go in. Maybe they have a reception desk. I mean, if it's busy, we should try and stop someone who's coming out or going in and ask them a question before we just go walking in random doors. I think, especially, fire looks kind of weird to me, but also very obvious when someone's not getting their head smashed in front of you. That it's right there. Yes, yeah. that is true. <laughs> as soon as you look up, you see it. <laughs> You said it was very busy, right? Yeah, really pretty busy. Okay. It's it's the single most busiest building in this city. Probably due to it also being the largest. It does seem so. quite large. Can we just ask someone? Yeah, sure, go ahead. All yeah. right. Excuse, excuse me. Person yeah. here. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you, are you going into the archipelago here? In and out, all day long. Oh, yes. Um, We're looking for... The envoy, and are told that we might be able to find them in the spire. Do you know anything about that? The envoy. Ah, uh, what does he look like? We don't know. I'm not quite sure. Yes, we don't know. Okay, makes it a little more difficult. Does he have a name like Mark or Glork or anything? Not that I know of. I know he's a pretty unique creature. Creature? Yes. A creature. Are you saying creature like a? scary person like ah they're so gross looking there a creature it could or, be <laughs> okay um well there is a creature up in the shrine room so if you go it's towards the top it looks like 
I don't know, a giant salamander. Okay. Yeah. You should try there. All right, what else can you tell us about this spire of the archipelago that we should know before we go into it? You don't know anything about it? Well, all right. Um, each floor is different. They all have their own purposes. Uh, some are for trading or shop- shopping. Some are, like, meeting rooms. Uh, some are different themed rooms. I don't know. Like, I always thought it was a spa. See, I'm just a delivery guy. I bring things over all day long. From all sorts of different places? No, just one. Oh, from what place? The food place. Oh. Yeah. Why don't you just collect all the stuff and make one trip instead of going all day long? People don't order the food at the same time. Oh. <laughs> they said the pigeons come over or somebody with a note, and then I got to run back with them and the pigeon. It's a real nightmare. Do they tip well? No. Not many people. Do you see a lot of head squishings around here? There has been an influx of head smushings, definitely. Oh. Mm. Do you have? Do you guys know anything? Are you here to fix the head squashing problem? I would like to. Okay. But we do have some other things to do first. What floor was the salamander man on? The shrine floor. You'll know it. There's a lot of candles, and it smells pretty wildly fragrant. Is it like an elevator or... What's an elevator? Oh, we gotta walk on stairs, don't How we? do you know what an elevator is? <laughs> is there some sort of magical conveyance in this tower? We're, yeah. Good old leg power. Excellent. Okay, well then. My muscles are ready. You, you don't... You look like some... You got a pair of chicken legs on you. Well, listen, man. Stairs are hard. They're hard when you don't have muscles. Uh-huh. I thought maybe an elevator might help me. Once again, I don't know what it's that a box is. that goes up and down in buildings. I've got food to deliver. Anyway, yeah. Okay. All right, shrine, shrine floor. Well, all right. Thank you for your time. Uh huh. Do, do you guys need any food? Not right now, but you know. Okay. We, we I might, never we might send food. you a pigeon in like twenty minutes. Ah, uh, twenty minutes. Well, you'll have to go back anyway to get the food, so. Can we pick it up there? Is that you could pick it up. That would be a huge help. That would be, <laughs> right. that would be a tremendous uh, right, we'll, we'll asset keep, for we'll, me. We'll keep that in mind. Okay. Let me know. I'll be there all day and night. Well, I don't eat, so I'm not worried about all right. it. All right. I'm out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye again. What a bunch of weirdos. So even though he says that people don't tip him, that there have been a lot of head squashings, and he still would like it to stop. So, I think we're going to fight this man. <laughs> Maybe on the way out of the city. Yeah, but we have a giant salamander to find. Yep. All right. And you said on the shrine floor. Let's just enter this door right here. Okay. You guys enter in the ground floor is... There's a lot of small vendors, like a lot of people selling stuff on carpets or out of carts. And then you see, as you look around, there are a large number of staircases going to all sorts of different floors and different areas in the archipelago. You find one very conveniently uh, labeled Shrine Floor, and it uh, is on floor 11. Oh, excellent. Oh. Before we go up the stairs, I want to look around and see if there's any other fun signs that say the Envoy or anything like that just around. There's like a directory like the mall, just just looking around from in like, 
this place is really crazy. Yeah, so there's a lot of other signs. There is not one that just says the envoy. Um, however, there is like one for the swamp floor, and one for the merchant floor, and one for the auction floor, and many other floors worth of signs. Well, we should explore some of these later, because they sound interesting. But I think we should head to the shroud room. I would agree. Sounds good. You guys head up a large spiral staircase. Eleven floors. Um, so, it's quite a haul. And you eventually come to the entrance to a large room. The room itself is very sizable and circular, but filled with different types of smoke and, and fragrances that are emanating out of it. It's very dimly lit. And uh, you can hear some chanting coming from different areas of the floor. But it's relatively actually pretty peaceful. Like, it's not terrifyingly darkened. And the chanting is comforting? The chanting is, you, it's a, like a, some sort of religious chanting. It's, it's, not, it's not completely off-putting. Okay. Doesn't sound like they're chanting about blood sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> You get the feeling it's much more uh, upbeat and and choral and hymns, not yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> not summoning. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Well, this is nice. Much more pleasant than I expected. Mm. I don't immediately see any big salamanders, but maybe we should go kind of just make our way gently towards the chanting. Oh, the chanting, yeah, it sounds nice. Yeah, let's go have a look around. As you guys wander around, at various times you hear like gongs and chimes and stuff going off and it's pretty recognizable that you know a salamander person would be pretty easy to pick out of a crowd and so it only takes a couple minutes before you guys see a shrine in front of you that does have a large like three foot tall salamander looking person standing at it and he's facing away from you um towards the towards the shrine when you come up to him is he doing anything in particular can we hear or see him chanting or praying or meditating or... it looks like he's praying he's he's quiet um his hands are folded together and um he's standing there cross-legged with uh with his tail wrapped around his legs i'm just gonna kind of kneel next to him cross my hands and put my head down too and see if sit there oh because you're an invoker so you know about being in temples mm-hmm. and shrines now this guy has to not sound like the last two people that end up sounding the same should I go high pitch or low pitch? What does a salamander sound like? I, f- I would go lower with a reptile. <laughs> okay, I'm not doing tongue flicking <laughs> noises. What would a salamander sound like? Or more sage. <laughs> Why, hello. What brings you to my shrine? Hello. We are here on orders from the tyrant to help find his cat, Ripley. Hmm, Ripley. The cat. So you came seeking my aid, I'm going to guess? We were specifically sent to you mm-hmm. to seek your aid in uh, locating Interesting. Rip- locating Ripley. And why would you need my aid to locate the cat? Not 100% sure on that one. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we can step away from here. You keep saying we, and I see one. I have some companions back there. They're just waiting. Just waiting. Not much of meditators, I'm going to guess. Not sure. Hmm. Well, let's go find the rest of your companions and see if we can piece this puzzle together together. Much appreciated. 
And the envoy walks over to you two. Oh, interesting, he says to you, skinny. Oh, well, hello. Why, hello. I was just standing back here so I didn't rattle people out of their meditation. Interesting. That's very interesting indeed. It's not very quiet when I walk around. Especially on these marble floors. How long have you been like this? A long time. Mm -hmm. And hello to you, good sir. Hello. Nice to make your acquaintance. My name is Job. (laughs) Hello, Job. Your friend tells me that the three of you seek a cat. Yep. This is true. Okay. The cat has a name. It's Ripley, I heard. And so why do you need my help to find the cat? Well, the tyrant sent us to find the envoy. Which, that is me. Perfect. So he said you might know something about the disappearance of his cat. There was a portal opened in the throne room. And a female-appearing creature stepped out with two chained beasts and attacked the court and catnapped the tyrant's prized Ripley. Now that does shed some light on why you might be here seeking my aid. Your friend seemed to leave out the portal business and the woman that stole the cat. I thought it was a simple cat in a tree scenario. Not quite. I mean, it's a much different kind of tree. (laughs) Much different indeed. That's funny. Well, now that I have the full scope of things, I have an idea of who you may be referring to by the sounds of it. It seems you're looking for the Soul Collector. The Soul Collector, you say? I do say. She runs a type of menagerie of sorts. Uh, She goes around collecting the most interesting creatures that she can find. Without asking? I mean, this was a pet. How interesting was the king's cat? Oh, she's not interested in asking anybody anything. See, for her, her menagerie, her cosmic zoo, if you will is really the only thing that concerns her. I see. Where does she reside? Now, see, that's the thing. That's the tough thing. Her zoo, we'll call it, doesn't have a fixed location. See, she's a bit like me. She can travel the omniverse. She doesn't... She's got a lot of enemies, as you could probably understand, as she steals a lot of people's cats and pets and sorts of things and so she is uh, constantly on the move which makes it difficult for me to be able to pinpoint her location do you think we could perhaps devise a way to lure her if we could find an interesting animal like a very big cat well that could work a very big cat however No one knows really why she collects what she collects. There is alternative methods to finding her location. Oh, really? Please do enlighten us. You see, there are certain creatures that have escaped her grasp over time, and these creatures kind of harbor resentment towards her. Mm. And realistically, all you have to do is persuade one to tell you where she might be at. See, they store memories as they get altered. And those can be extracted to kind of, you know, make make a map of sorts. That sounds very complicated. But we can at least maybe try to find one of these creatures. Lucky for you, 
I may know where some are. That is very fortunate and lucky for us. I've heard some travelers recently talking about the mountains nearby, past the Great Lake there. They had several run-ins with some mysterious creatures that they never could pinpoint down. They couldn't see them. Now that sounds an awful lot to me like a type of chaos creature that would have got mixed up with the Soul Collector. In which case, you find one of them, you bring it back here, or if you're able to help one, maybe that would work. And perhaps we can get that get that map. And you know how to get the map from the creature's memory. I could get the map from the creature's memory. Would you want something in return for this? Oh no. I work completely for free. However, I've always been interested in finding out and seeing the zoo myself from the outside. Mind you, I don't need to get tangled up in the soul collector's business that much. But I could, I could aid you further on your path. See, I am a spectator. I spectate all that happens across the Omniverse from here to there. Obviously not at the same time because I'm here, not there. And, uh, you know, I report back. I take these things in and store them for future knowledge. That sounds very noble. Yes. Plus, I need some assistance, actually, in one other matter. It would directly help with your journey, actually. You see, a bunch of pirates have taken over my docking space in the rift where my cosmic cruiser's at. That would help you get where we're going. But I need them cleared from there so it's safe again. And it just needs to be done in a non-violent way. A non-violent way? Yes, Complete of non-violence. Okay. Well, we can no do violence. that. No violence. But I can't take the lead on that one. First, you need to find a chaos creature, whatever it is up on those hills, before we have to worry about the cruiser at all. Okay. Maybe we should rest for the night? Is it night now? Is it a long rest up the stairs? I need to get a new sword. Okay. So to the merchant level, then. Do we have any other questions for the Android? I didn't follow most of what he was saying. He grabs your hand, and his eyes kind of glaze over into this starlight sparkle, and he just replays for you, in your mind, directly, the conversation he just had with everybody else. He just kind of rewinds it, and then goes fast-forwarding through it, and it gets stuck in your brain cave. Well, thank you for that. I I completely understand now what we're supposed to be doing. Good. You are welcome. Anything in particular we're looking for in the wake of these creatures? From what I heard, they are more mischievous than harmful. I also heard that everybody that has encountered them has been wearing leather of some sort. That is useful information. Yes. Now I'll be here. I'll wait for you to return, unless you aren't back in a few days. It shouldn't take you that long, if you leave in the morning. Okay. All right, we'll be back with one of these chaos creatures. Chaos creatures. Just remember, go across the gigantic lake and then east to the mountains. Oh, west to the mountains. West to the mountains. East would bring you back to where you were. (laughs) Well, this is why I'm so confused. It's difficult learning the compass directions of every single planet I've ever been on. Well, that is fair. It is. You have a great night and come back and see me tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. Come back and see me when you're done with your task so we can move forward. 
we will see you in a few days. Thank you for the information. Yes, thank you for your time. He just bows and walks back to his shrine. Well, that delivery guy gave us some good information. Yes, he was mm-hmm. a very good delivery boy. I hope he gets good tips. You wanted to head to the merchant level? So you guys head down to the merchant level to buy a new sword? Yep. Okay. There's a, there's a bunch of vendors. You just pick one that looks like uh, like one that has a sword that looks like your old sword. Yeah, I'm going to find one looks close to mine, and I'll give the pieces to the vendor to see if he can ship them off and have it melted down or anything, you know. Right on. So, yeah, he takes it, um, he exchanges it for you, cuts a little bit of the cost off, because he, he's got a guy, and he uh, hands you a new sword that looks relatively like your old one. Sweet, thanks. Anybody else need anything? No, I am I am ready to head out. Oh, you guys must sleep. I must sleep, yeah. Yeah, yeah we have to sleep. Hopefully recover a little bit of HP. <laughs> That's okay. what I can do when I sleep. You'll heal it between sessions. You guys make your way to the closest inn. Pretty uneventful. If you guys just want to get some sleep and get yeah, back up in the morning. A, just a yeah. bunkhouse. Trying to get our head squashed. You yeah, do not get that. your head squashed when you're walking through, nor do you see anybody else get their head squashed as you're walking through the city trying to find a place to rest. That's excellent. We did make a mistake and not ask the envoy about the head squashing. When we return, when we, we return, that. we have a couple things we gotta get done first before we deal with... He had lots heads, of information. It was hard man. to... Hmm. Take it all in. Yes. Probably the most helpful NPC I've ever made. <laughs> it was very helpful. And that's where we'll end this session. See, See you next, next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Next time on Tales from the Crypt. Does anybody else see this weird little crab? I don't know a lot about water life, but... What crab? This little guy looking right at me. I stop rowing and start looking down. Look at where I'm pointing. I'm looking where you're pointing. I don't see a crab. Suddenly, its arm reaches up and grabs the side of your canoe. Oh, God. I see a crab. You pull down the side of your three-person canoe... And as you run up and shatter yourself, this thing kind of limply stands up holding a very large sword. And as it walks around, you can see little pieces of, like, pink gloop making its way out of the crevices in this armor. As the three of you are making your way towards the bag, um, stealthily, sneakily, and quietly, nert on your pocket where you're keeping your flowers and clover, you feel a nudge. And then a tug at your pocket, then another tug, and then suddenly you hear fabric rip as your pocket that you're keeping this stuff on gets ripped clean off your robes. I'm gonna like try and reach back and almost try and pet, like assume that it's an invisible goat and try and pet it. Your hand bumps horns, and you're like, fuck, that's a goat. Try and reach behind and scratch behind the horns and the ears. The Tales from the Crypt podcast is recorded in the Wolfbeard Games studio in upstate New York. If you've enjoyed hanging out with us, please subscribe on whichever platform you listen to. If you really like us, also leave us a review. It's very helpful. If you want to follow us more, you can find us on Instagram, at Tales from the Crypt podcast. We've enjoyed our time with you today, and we look forward to seeing you next time at Tales from the Crypt.
if you stand barefoot on the earth and look directly into the sun during like sunset when it's at the horizon and furthest away that that'll increase your vision what does what it. being barefoot have to do with it though oh it's so that you can be grounded with the earth that is oh. important i heard sunning your butthole for 30 seconds is the better than like multivitamins really no no yeah. no, no, no that's that's tanning your whole taint and and mm. uh Either either way, it sounds like I'm gonna have to go spread eagle to uh, show the sun my asshole. I guess so. Oh, they make, a, you lots they of make a new D. device for that. Oh, like a UV lamp that I can just crouch over. They make one. I I don't need one. <laughs> At least for when they my fall. ball gets enough sun. <laughs> oh my god. 